Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Oh my god, that's gross. Corey Feldman does not know how to eat a freaking pizza pizza. Completely changed the face of everything. It's good, it's very unique. I will give it that. Oh, thanks. I don't want to embarrass myself. Should I embarrass myself? No, that's... Please, no. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I am embarrassed. Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And once again, I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast, where each episode we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it was because of a more popular... God damn it. Why do I keep... All right, let's you do it one more time. Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? All right. From the top, again... Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie just didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe what we don't love about it, and decide whether or not the movie is worth a revisit. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on... Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. So, before we begin to talk about this week's movie, well, we don't really need to talk about ourselves anymore. No, we just, I think we just break down, like, first of all, I'm very proud you got through that. Thank you. <laughs> um, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm how was your week? I went to work. I, I saw a bunch of trailers that no one else got to we see. We did. We were at, uh, what is it? The, I'm trying to think of the, it's, it's called the Tone Conference, but it's... Theater owners of New England. That's what it is. Yes. So basically, because we're managers, our boss took us to uh, one of the movie theaters up in Massachusetts, and we just you catch like studio trailers and stuff like that, and upcoming slate of mo- of movies that you know some stuff that people have seen, some stuff that they haven't. We saw some clips of, of some from movies that you know that looked interesting. We saw stuff that was garbage, complete garbage. I'm not gonna say what. Oh come on. I don't, know, I don't know about complete garbage. Really? There was some stuff that, like, yeah, it was, like, meh, but I didn't say anything was... I, 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 I got to tell you right now, there's one movie that I saw that, I'm not going to say it, that looked bad. We'll talk later about it. Yeah. There you were a know, couple of things that looked pretty good. which one I'm good. talking about. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Never mind. I just mimed what it was, the butler, and, and I knew it, it out. instantly. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm doing well. Doing, uh, you know, getting ready for this uh, upcoming podcast. I, I watched this movie in one sitting. I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of you, asleep. too. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm an old man. I'm an old man. Yeah, so drink your coffee. I am. Only only, only, uh, only morning viewings for you. I'm, I'm drinking my coffee away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, get some Metamucil in you, go sit down, watch your film. <laughs> All right, why don't you tell everyone what we're, uh, what we're seeing, well, uh, what we're reviewing today, or uh, I don't know. I don't want to say reviewing. We're not reviewing. What we're discussing. What we're discussing. Week. What we're remembering. <laughs> uh, today, we'll be discussing the 2003 Stephen King... No, it's not adaptation. Really Stephen adaptation. Uh, Dreamcatcher. Starring Thomas Jane, uh, Timothy Oliphant, Damian Lewis, Morgan Freeman, Jason Lee, Tom Sizemore. I forgot Tom Sizemore was in this. He's actually like... I don't want to say normal, but he's actually not crazy in this. I know it was a it's a nice change of pace for him. I think I think after this or when was uh, when was the Christian Slater movie where um, Patricia Arquette? What's the name of that movie? 
when they're shooting up. Is it Cuffs? Not Cuffs. I like Cuffs. No, the movie that Quentin Tarantino wrote that he didn't direct, but it was uh, the guy that co-wrote. Oh, my God. How do we not know this? Well, this is terrible. I'm completely blanking. Oh, Natural Born Killers? No. Wow. You're embarrassing me. No, no. They're just embarrassing me. All right, so you're going to cut all this out, Butler, because this sounds like an online Oh, of course. I got Idiot. Two, I got two guesses wrong. I'm not going to keep this in here. Oh, okay. I also admitted I like cuffs, which I can't keep in here either. Wow. That's, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not happening. I saw cuffs when I was like seven. All right, so... Huh. So, yeah, so Tom Sizemore is actually not crazy in this. So... When, because I remember, did you see True Romance? That's what I was. That's what I was laboring to. No, I have out. not actually seen True Romance. Okay, I know of True Romance. Re- really? I, I mean, haven't actually I, seen are, you, are you kidding me? No. I, are you kidding me? I mean, no. like, we've just derailed this Dreamcatcher podcast because you have not <laughs> seen True Romance. You've never seen that. Hold on, let's go back. Yeah, I've seen True Romance. Oh gosh. I'm sorry. Do you want me to be honest in this podcast? Or do you want me to lie? I, I want you to watch good films. I do. Mm, I haven't gone to it. Gosh. You know, all these films that came out in the 90s, I was, like, way too young go to watch back romance. For you. Go I've got back a lot to, to go long. back to. You have, you have, you, you are, you are childless right now. You have, <laughs> you have, you have infinite amount of time to do these things. I need you to schedule me for a shift at the theater. <laughs> I need, I, I need to not have to show up for that shift. That's four movies I can get in I cannot a believe you've never seen True Romance. That's I'm sorry. Like, oh, my gosh. This is just... So we're going to Dreamcatcher today, but I'm really upset about this True Romance nonsense. <laughs> All right. So I guess our disclaimer, if you haven't seen Dreamcatcher, thankfully Butler did. Yeah. Uh, a spo- little uh, spoiler alert. Uh, if you haven't watched True Romance, Field's going to come after you like an animal. Well, I mean, for... Other fellow filmmakers out there, fellow writers, fellow creatives. I mean, that's a movie you've seen. I mean, I mean, come on, that's just embarrassing. It's just... You know, in my entire life, and granted, I went, I went to uh, to school for film and acting. And you never saw True Romance. No, no one, it never time, even came up. No, no one, one yelled at me for this movie. At one before. time, you're in your, you're in your, you're hanging out. I know you didn't. You stayed in dorms, right? Yeah. Nobody had a copy of this. You guys didn't just bust out True Romance. Hey, let's watch this. This is pretty cool. No. Like, listen, I'm not saying True Romance is like the Citizen Kane exactly. of, of you 90s about films. Tarantino, you talk Pulp Fiction. You talk, you know, Reservoir Dogs. No one's going True Romance. Everybody knows. Mm, my gosh. I don't know why I'm not saying God. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll go. We'll bleep that out. You make me got bla- you make me get blasphemous because you yeah. haven't seen this. <laughs> Come on. All right. So anyways, if you haven't seen Dreamcatcher, go watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So welcome back. Uh, Mike still hasn't seen True Romance. (laughs) You should cry. (laughs) So just to break down the plot of of Dreamcatcher real quick, it's about four childhood friends who have developed powers, who you fit you powers where they can in the movie, they can. They know each other's thoughts. They can talk to each other. They can feel each other. They can feel, um, I guess, uh, stuff that might happen. Or they can sense other people's feelings, too, as well. They show that in the beginning. Right. They go off for a weekend away. I guess they do this every year Mm -hmm. up in Maine. And this happens to be the weekend where there is uh, an alien invasion that is occurring. And they find themselves uh, knee-deep in it. uh, Some not just by by fate but like they were supposed to be up there or we'll get into that and they just may basically have to stop uh this invasion from happening they may need to stop uh, because one of their friends gets kind of taken over co-opted or infected 
and they need to save his life, stop the world from dying, stop the army from killing them. And it's just basically a Stephen King adaptation that's got a whole lot of stuff in there. I don't want to get too far into it. I mean, that's the gist of the plot. Uh, and I don't want to, I mean, we're, we're going to get into it, so you'll, you'll, you'll know more about it once we start talking. <laughs> and hopefully you've watched the movie. <laughs> so uh, Mike went through the cast, pretty much, uh, all the people that are in all the, all the stars. I'll, I'll go through some, some facts. This was released uh, March 21st, 2003, the same weekend as Boat Trip. View from the top mm-hmm. and Piglet's big movie, all all mighty competition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the week before, because sometimes I like to with Forgotten Cinema, we want to figure out like maybe why people kind of forgot this movie. Whether it was not as good as we we remembered, or there were some certain story flaws, or whether obviously a, a movie came out at this time. I would tell you that the three movies that I just listed are not the reason why it was forgotten. No, uh, a week before this came out. The movie Basic uh, came out, The Core and Head of State. Have you seen Basic? It's with John Travolta. Yes, I've seen Basic. That's actually that's, uh, that's a pretty good movie. That's not bad. The Core and Head of State are okay. Uh, and then the week after, you had Agent Cody Banks, Hunted, and Willard. I like Will- Hunted a lot. Um, w- Hunted was to Tal Toro, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Eh, I was okay with that. I-, I didn't mind it. I liked it, but I didn't like... I've never gone back to it. And Willard was a remake of Ben. The... Right... The movie because Willard. I know had, it was a remake, yeah, but I didn't know right. it had a different title. It, it was called yeah because Ben is the in Willard. Uh, Chris McGlover plays Ben, and he can control the rats. And yeah. the wet rat's name is Willard. In the original, they just it was named after the guy. It was okay. named after Ben. So, uh, so as you can see, it was not Dreamcatcher did not come out. There was not a lot of competition for this movie. No. All right. So rated R, 134 minutes. It feels like 134 minutes. Yes. Budget of 68 million. It grossed domestically thirty three, worldwide seventy five. Its opening weekend was fifteen million. So it did not, even though technically worldwide it made its money back. I guarantee you it didn't because I'm sure the budget is not including promotion. So I'm sure it it it, it, it was considered a, a failure, pretty much. I'd be con- I'd be interested to see. You know, they never really release ever what their budget for uh, promotion is. Uh, most films, anyway. It's probably that's there's probably when they say budget, that's production budget. So that's just all the way up to production, right? So yeah. they never talk about the the promotion and stuff, right? No, no. I, but really I'm sure that's that. rolled into something else. I'm sure that's rolled into a uh, as part of like you know Paramount's or Warner Brothers main uh, budget sheet for the whole year. I'm right. Sure I would just be interested to see like yeah. what on average like a film like this, like a, a mid level film or a high level film, like what the actual amounts are. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a vast difference between what they give out for like a Star Wars and what they give out for a smaller end. Are you saying this didn't get as much promotion as like Avengers Endgame? I probably not. Did what? you really? You didn't really need to do any promotion for Avengers Endgame. Had a yeah, <laughs> ten years of promotion. Uh, with all the movies that came out. So this movie, when it came out in, the t- uh, in its opening week, actually placed second to Bringing Down the House in its third week. Now, that's the Queen Latifah, Steve Martin movie. And Queen Latifah, that, I think this was when she was starting to get a lot of bigger roles and she was starting to, she was very popular. And, that, and that's, a, that's Steve Martin's hot off, well, hot off of, but, you know, Father of the Bride and, and um, what's the one with all the 12 kids? Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah, I don't know if that was before this or after. But he, pretty much Steve Martin kind of cornered that not romantic comedy, but that that comedy family kind of market a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Plus, that was that was a funny movie directed by Lawrence Kasdan, who uh, you know as the writer of Raiders, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Just a couple of those small smaller movies that <laughs> you know somebody might have seen. But he also directed Big Chill, Silverado, uh, White Earp, 
I Love You to Death. Have you seen all those? Have you seen I Love You to Death? That's, not, that's the only one I haven't seen. That's those. a good one, too. That's with Kevin Klein. That's, that might be one for this, for our podcast. Um, based on a Stephen King book, which we said, which he sold this for a dollar for them to do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, written by Kazan and written by William Goldman. Now, William Goldman has written Princess Bride, Bush Cassidy and Sundance Kid, All the President's Men. For writers out there, um, he has a book. Out, he has a couple of books out. He passed away about six months ago. Uh, he wrote a book called Adventures in, in the Screen Trade. And that was actually my first, my first book uh, that I purchased, that I read, like about screenwriting and the business and stuff like that. He has the famous quote, uh, nobody knows anything. That's like the famous thing. Like he talks about people in Hollywood, like nobody knows anything. Like everybody says that. The full quote is nobody knows anything. Not one person in the entire motion picture field knows for a certainty what's going to work. Every time out, it's a guess. And if you're lucky, an educated one, which pretty much sums up, obviously, Hollywood. Right. Um, so, yeah. So Goldman was somebody I always liked. I liked his first book. I read his second book. And uh, he's just always somebody that I have followed because he uh, – Princess Bride is fantastic and it's just well written and, and he's great and you know rest in peace mm. this was shot mostly in Canada uh, some, I guess they did the opening in Boston or some of the stuff on the street when he gets hit by okay, the car yeah. um, and they shot in early 2002 this came out in 2003 so that makes sense so that's pretty much just kind of the facts of the movie um, now you I had not seen this movie since it came out I did not. I don't think I've ever rewatched it. So this was probably the first time I sat down and rewatched it since 2003. Did you? Have you seen it? I have caught it a couple times in various parts of the film, um, on like HBO and Cinemax and stuff like that. Mostly, I catch like toward the end part um, after Mr. Gray has taken over. But so I've seen I've seen the end a couple times. Right. Um, but I haven't seen it in its totality since the first time I watched it, which was back in 2003. Right. Okay. So as you rewatched it, was it SSDD for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the movie that the SSDD, if you don't remember, uh, they, they all say it and it's basically the same shit, different day. Right. I liked it. I still enjoyed it. Okay. Um, so that didn't really change. Um, there were some story choices I wasn't as big a fan of. Uh, the re- first time I saw it, I really liked the fact that it was kind of a Stephen King story. You definitely get that sense that this is a King adaptation. And, and a more faithful one. It, it's like it doesn't try to blend in the weirdness or, or decide like what works and what doesn't. It's just this is his novel. Let's try to do it. Right. Um, which now, looking back on it, having had more experience in, in film and, and like how story structure and stuff works, I don't think it works totally. But yep. it's still enjoyable, and I do still appreciate that they at least tried to mm-hmm. do something that's really out there. I mean, this is not, this is a weird choice to make a film out of, mm-hmm. um, at least as a faithful adaptation. I think that's, I think that's probably the best note. Like, I think it's a, it's a great idea, but I think it's, it's, it's when you when you take the book and you want to ad, uh, adapt it, I, I think you do need to kind of play with it a little bit more and cut stuff out because there's there was, I had some problems with. As I, as I just you know talked about how I love Goldman and and I even like Kazan's writing and I just you know as I after I just said that I had some problems with story development and, and stuff right. that um, it it felt very disjointed it felt like there was it loses focus in terms of story elements mm-hmm. and and what works and what doesn't work and and that, like you said maybe trying to get stuff in there so I had I had some problems there uh, in terms of. I like the friendship between the friends. Yes. But that's always a staple of Stephen King books. 
you know, that kind of like, even from it. There's the childhood friends. Right. And yeah. They're everyone's friends. You have that shared experience and then they, and you know, and they grow up and whether they're damaged or, you know, they're not the same kids or they, they've gone on with their lives or they've made mistakes. They're still, there's still friendships at the core. Yeah. So I, I enjoy that. But with this movie, it feels like it didn't appreciate it at some point. And well, I'll tell you my biggest thing. Yeah. So they talk about how they're supposed to be up there. And maybe like, you know, he, so they're all, the movie starts off and he's like, you know, I've been thinking about Duddits. Now Duddits is the Donnie Wahlberg character who they befriend in a flashback. He's um, a person with disabilities uh, and he's, and he's getting picked on. And these four, these four friends as kids go down and they stop those guys and, they, you know, tell them knock it off. And then you find out that Duddits is the one that gives them their powers. And so, you know, so you, 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 you figure that out later on in the story, which is maybe like an hour or something in you kind of, they show that flashback. They show it, but yeah. did they need to show it? I think they needed to show it earlier. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, at that point you yeah. kind of get it. Yeah. But if you showed it earlier, if the flashbacks were kind of more all in one, it would have been, better. I would have, I would have wanted it earlier. Like when they show, like when they initially go to how they first meet Duddits, mm-hmm. just show me the, just show me the, how he gives them the powers. I would have rather had that. Right. So Duddits gives them their powers. They all have. And so they're like, Oh, let's go up there and meet him. And then, uh, Jonesy, who's the Damien Lewis's character, gets hit by a car, and then six months later, they're back up at the cabin, and you know Jonesy's okay; he's a little hurt. And the whole premise of the story is the fact that when these aliens come over and they they inhabit him, he doesn't die because he already had died. So that was a reason, like because he says that he sees Duddits from across the street, so he just walks into traffic, right? Gets hit, and there was a reason for that. There's a reason why they're up there. I gotta tell you something weird. The night I got hit, I was standing on that sidewalk, and there, across the street, I saw Duddits. Just like he was that day we first saw him back in Derry. He was calling out for help, and everyone was ignoring him, just passing him by. And then he looked over at me. He looked directly at me. And he motioned for me to come to him. So, so them all being up there was supposed to happen. Duddits knew that they were needed there. Uh, I assume, like they were, they were fated to be at this location at this time because they were going to stop Mister Gray, as mm-hmm. he calls him. Yeah. But then they just completely don't use Beaver or um, Oliphant's character. His name is leaving me. Pete. They don't use Beaver or Pete. They die. They both die yep. senselessly. They don't do anything in terms of like. Like their deaths aren't where they're either they sacrifice themselves or they died trying to stop Mr. Gray. They just die. And so why are they up there? I would say Beaver saves uh, Jonesy. I would say Beaver's there to stop Jonesy from being the one that initially gets killed by the worm. Okay. Pete, however, is pointless. Pete should have died, gotten eaten by the worm. Maybe should have warned um, Henry. Maybe Pete... Maybe Henry should have seen Pete get killed by the worm. Pete runs. So at least their their sacrifices were to get the other two friends at least to the location. Well, what, yeah. But Pete survives, goes on the snowmobile with Mr. Gray, doesn't really give Mr. Gray any information that changes the plot in any significant way, and then gets eaten pointlessly and needlessly. Why bring him along if you were going to eat him the whole time? Well, you didn't need to have... Well, the whole point of Peter... The whole point of Pete was that he was telling... Because at this point, Jonesy has been taken over by Mr. Gray. Right. So... And you know this because they have that whole they they use that 
device of Jonesy inside himself looking through the window of what's happening, the window of his eyes. But he's like, because he's in his memory warehouse. Right. Right. So, and you know, so he's battling Mr. Gray inside his head, inside his memory warehouse where he has all these spot files and stuff like that, which I liked. You know, I like that idea. Like, you know, that's kind of like a, uh, a memory, uh, a memory bank. A memory exercise and stuff like that, yeah. It's, so, that's one of my favorite parts of the yeah. movie. That's what I remembered most looking back at the movie. Right, so him throwing out all the files and stuff like right. that. Right. Uh, what's the memory warehouse? <laughs> you don't remember the memory warehouse? I must have forgot. You forgot about the memory warehouse? Just remind me, don't give me a lot of shit. It's in his head, B. We've all got one. Hadn't that place been condemned? Not yet. It's just that it's so crowded. Now I have to throw something out every time I learn something new. Hmm. When I got my new laptop... I had to throw out all my files of rock and roll lyrics. So, at the, so the only reason that so at this point he they're they're both in the same body, and the only reason he needs Pete is he needs Pete to direct him to I ninety five. Pete does that, he does his little yeah. finger wag and it directs it, and then okay, that's it. So that's when he should have ate him. Be- yeah, he shouldn't have bring like, him on the. It seems like he takes him along because he's interested in that finger power. I guess he wants to know the powers, but then you eat him. Yeah, just because he tells you once, I'm not telling you anything. Yeah. Uh, you're a bad alien. I'm sorry. You're a bad. bad you're a bad. <laughs> you, bad you, guy. Didn't, you didn't think this invasion through. Yeah. I mean, come on. I thought you wanted his information. Yeah. So I. I just. I wish that they used the friend. I wish that the friends were more. The all. F- I okay. I'll give you Beaver being there to stop Jonesy from getting eaten by the worm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like I said, Peter wasn't. Pete wasn't used. And I just. I. Not that I need them all to survive, but I think I wanted them to be a little bit more. Like if this story is about Henry and Jonesy, then make it about them. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, that that was my only thing. Like, you had this group of guys, and, and it just feel like you left two of them behind, and, and it didn't make me... Care about the group as right. a whole. And at the end of the movie, they the movie ends, the credits come up, and then they have a clip of them around the table laughing. It's like, you're celebrating the fact that these are four friends, but you, yet you don't use the two of them. That was, that, was, so that was one of the things that I kind of wanted... No, I wouldn't say like it's not something that like oh, this movie stinks. You blew it. I just I wanted some of that. Right. If they killed them off a little later, had them spend more time together, you would have cared for the group more. Right. Like in it, you know, it's another Stephen King adaptation. Same kind of thing. Very Stand By Me ish kind of story. Are we talking about the movie it? Or are we talking about the miniseries it from the nineties? We can talk about either because the group right. is together a lot during both right. both stories. Right. Um, they don't separate them that quickly, so that you do care about the you know the losers club. Mm-hmm. Or I mean the standby the standby me kids didn't have a group name. I don't. No, but they think. were but, still group, yeah, but they were always friends, yeah. still still there together. Whereas this, they talk about how they're each best friends, but you only really get that ten minute scene mm-hmm. where they're all together. Yep. Um, so I, I'd, I'd agree about that. Yeah, and I, and I enjoyed all the performances. I liked everybody. I, it's got a, like Damian Lewis. I, I I like a lot. He's actually he's in this hot from Band of Brothers, which is fantastic. Right. I love Band of Brothers. So yeah, he that's. I like and I li- I like them all together. I-, I just maybe that's why I wanted to see more of them because I was into them. I wasn't a huge fan of Jason Lee during some of the scenes. I feel like this was kind of a little early on in his career. Maybe this is this is like when he started doing uh, what was the TV show he did. This where- was My Name Is Early. Yeah, this is around there. Mm-hmm. He's Jason Lee's doing Jason Lee. I got you. It's just what bothered me was his first monologue about doing the fuckery and so it wasn't a fuckaroo. Right, right. It just felt like he was. Reading it from memory, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like he was actually saying it. Okay, and that was like the only instance where I was like, Ooh, uh, "That's your actor note." That's my actor note. It was like <laughs> he was he was he was just reciting it. Okay, um, and it's like you give this is like you said two amazing writers wrote, wrote this, and some of the dialogue is pretty good. You could have made that work. I, I mean, and we always talk about how this could just be. Uh, you don't know how much it's meddled with 
you know, by an, an editor or an executive or, you know, a note here or there. You know, you just, right. you know what I mean? And you just don't, you just don't know. So you don't, you don't know. It takes, it takes a village to make a movie, but it also takes a village to ruin it. So let me ask you this question. Go for it. Do you think they could have cut Morgan Freeman's character completely? Uh, I, I, and that whole I'll plot. tell you right now, I have no idea why we need any of the, the, the blue unit or the army people. They're just, they, it, I don't understand why they're there. Like, if this was more of a personal journey about the four friends stopping everything, stopping them, stopping the the invaders, I'm fine with that. Absolutely, I don't. Yeah. I really don't understand why they just muck it up. The the army stuff. I get like if you were again like going back to this. If you, it's this is like a a 500, 600 page book. Yeah. At least because it's Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, the military's probably got to be involved somehow. You're padding out your story. You, you want to give a lot of backstory. I do think it's cool that they mentioned the aliens have been coming here for at least 25 years because mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman's character's been dealing with it. The men call the red stuff Ripley after the broad and the alien movies. We're eradicating the animals as they flee the blue zone. And the populace? We're bringing the civilians here to Goslings. We'll detain them until we can figure this out. And Owen, this time the ETs belong to you. That's right, Bucko. You'll be blue boy leader. Finally. How many left? About a hundred. Yeah. Not nearly enough for a serious incursion. My guess is it's a crash landing. They never picked terrain like this before. Or cold weather. But in terms of the story, you cut away from who was supposed to be who you're following throughout the film. And now all of a sudden, there are f- a decent chunk of your movie is following two characters you yeah. have been introduced for 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't... You leave... You basically leave Pete with the woman who is obviously getting ready to, you know, burst out an eel, and uh, <laughs> and you have Henry going on this trick, but you don't really see Henry traveling that much. I mean, no. have the army people have them at the end, like just just maybe they come like when all hope is lost, maybe have them come in and save the day, or just or have their presence there, or whatever. But like, don't they were they it wasn't like they were just part of the story they and they be like they were they were doing this whole tit for tat thing between between uh uh freeman who's colonel abraham curtis and tom steisman was playing owen yeah like there was this whole back and forth between them like like i don't that's not why i'm here i'm here for the four friends yep so i think that pulled me away from i think what i was enjoying about the movie you know, I, I like the setting. I like the main setting. I like the Stephen King idea, like the four friends. And then you have the army guys coming in here, the blue unit. And it's just kind of like, uh, I don't I don't care about this. Like, even at the I end agree. of the movie. They're pointless. Right. At the end of the movie, there's no... He basically... Freeman hijacks a helicopter just to go shoot down Sizemore, just to have a firefight with him from the middle... Why? Just to add some action, yeah, unneeded exactly. action in a movie that's not an action film. Just to get rid of Owen so that Henry and Duddits can deal with, you know, Jonesy and Mr. Gray. Which is like... If, and the, the, both of them kill each other at the same time, essentially. So why yeah. bother having the characters if you're just canceling yeah. them out? Yeah. Then if they cancel each other out, they're not necessary. Right. I, yeah. And I love at the end of the movie with the little egg opening up like that worm that's just born out of the egg. Like mm-hmm. it, it knows I got to get to the water line. Like it knows I got to get to. It could have genetic memory. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not upset about that. I am. It's a worm. I'm it's not, an alien. I just think it's funny. <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, I broke out the egg. Better get to the water supply. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So to answer that question, yeah, I wasn't. A huge fan of of the army of the blue unit, right? It was blue unit, right? It was blue unit, yeah. 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 They just they were unnecessary. Uh, how about this? 
Now, I don't know if I missed it because I didn't go back. But about, I, I wrote this down. An hour and 42 minutes into the movie, we start transition wipes. Did you notice that? I did notice the first wipe. I was like, they George did. Lucas wipe? Exactly. <laughs> it was like, out of nowhere, it was like, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm, as soon as the wipe transition happened, all I'm thinking about is uh, Star Wars. Yeah. And for people who maybe don't know what we're talking about, it's when, if you watch Star Wars movie, that's how they transition between scenes. They just have the, the image wipes away and the next, the other image comes in. It's called, right. the, it's called the wipe transition. So it's not in the movie for an hour and a half. And then all of a sudden you just start doing it and they did it more than once. They did it a couple of times. And it's just like, I, I don't understand that. Like I, I, there's no, that's to me as a filmmaker, that's inconsistent. I don't like that. I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And that also tells me that, you know, as we, you have a different editor stepping in here or something like that, or somebody like there's just a different voice in the room. To try to like, you know, like just cut, doing that, just do what you've been doing. I, I, that kind of pulled me out. That pulled me out, and the size of Morgan Freeman's eyebrows pulled me out. That's uh, one of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's almost like they were doing it on purpose. Like, they oh, they the most yeah. absolutely. Like, he doesn't care about his own, you know, yeah. you know, upkeep. He only they cares about killing those aliens. Like, they were like giant brooms, and they were like catching snow. They were nuts. <laughs> What's interesting is you said that wipe happens at what, an hour 42? Yes. So at an hour 44, I was like, they've got to be getting to the end of the movie. One of my notes is I pause at an hour 44. There's 29 minutes left. And I was like, what? I told you this was two and a half. Two I, I know, but minutes. I didn't realize. I thought I was getting toward the end. Oh, okay. And I'm like, this is, this is, this is the end of the movie. They're, they're leading toward the final. This is the end game now. Why are we still at 30 minutes? Right. Well, they, yeah, cause that was at the wipes were happening when they were in the truck. They had just picked up Duddits. Right. And who you find out has, like, terminal cancer. I can't remember what she said, leukemia or something. Some kind of, like, high-end lung right, cancer. Right, right. But, like, so, and I mean, whatever. It's it's fine. But, like, they pick him up, and he's, hey, and he's happy and excited. And the next time you see him, he's, like, near death. I like, think the closer he's getting to Mr. Gray, the more he's is using, that what it and was? he's using his power. He's wearing himself out. Is yeah. that what it is? Okay, because I didn't get that. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. What I don't get is... All right, so he's a big, giant, poopy-looking monster, yes. right? Which one, Mr. Gray? No, Duddits. Duddits, okay, yeah, yeah. He's got a mom? Yeah, I don't know. Is that his real mom? Maybe, Is that she, his... maybe her memory was implanted to, know, to that, that she would take care of him. Maybe he was a gift from some being, and she just kind of accepted I kind of want to know about that, because they said he was in a home at the beginning part, and now he's got a mother. Oh, is that they said that, well, maybe she adopted him. Maybe. It, it just, it kind of confused me a little bit. Yeah, so... I guess you're supposed to infer that since they've been coming here for 25 years, that's why Duddits was here. That, yeah. So Duddits, so is Duddits one of them? No, because Duddits, when he turned, looked a little different. He did, but like, so he came to Earth to wait out. Well, I mean, I'm sure the book has explained it a little bit better. I never read the book. I'm thinking Mr. Gray is probably the big bad of them, like one of the, yeah, one of the worst ones. I'm guessing the crash is maybe a distraction for Mr. Gray to do his thing. Maybe I don't know. But I, I was guessing that Mr. Gray was really Duddits' target. Like, take out Mr. Gray, you take out the invasion And he as knew a whole. that he would be here. In tw- he came to Earth 25 years ago as Duddits, knew that Mr. Gray was going to come here in 25 years, knew that he needed to fate these four kids that saved his life to help save the world. Like, are we assuming all that? Because that's what it that's what yeah, that he Why knew, give these kids the powers? He knew the steps that would need to be taken to actually take out right. you know, Mr. Gray. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I was okay with that. I mean, I, I just, I just, 
I guess the writer, a little more backstory on, on the writer. Yeah, the this. writer in me needs to have, needs to see that more. I I have I know I have a big hang up on. I need to know that from the movie, you know, like uh, you know, I, I don't like. Well, they talk about Duddits the whole time. You're not wrong. Sure. No, no, no. Give I get us you. give us more backstory on Duddits. Right. Also, your movie's two and a half hours. Yep. Cut out the military. Focus on Duddits because yep. King almost certainly explains it. He explains everything. His his novels are long and and then they're they're well done. But they do go into a They're lot of explanations. So his novels, I, I I don't read a lot of King. Mm-hmm. I read some, but like I do is I mean maybe as its later works, they they get on tangents big time. They go on, absolutely but yeah, yeah. They, but and that's fine. A lot of writers not, do that. In novels. No, I get that. I mean, listen, I'll do that when I'm writing the book. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But it's like he would definitely have explained Dudd's backstory. So choose that end of the story to explore, not because it's about the four friends and their relationship with Dudd. It's right. it's not about the military. They could have used that extra half hour that they wanted to put into it mm-hmm. and put used it on Duddits. So did you know that where they met Duddits is supposed to be the Barons from It? Like yes. That's where, okay. Yeah. I saw that. So I was like, like oh, Derry Maine, all right. Yeah, and I saw that. <laughs> um, one, of the thing, the other, one of the other things I, I did not like at all, and I'm, I, I'm curious if you have the same note, is Damian Lewis's voice choice for Mr. Gray. Oh, I like that. Oh, I did not like that. I like that. the use because he has, in real life, he is, um, I believe he's English. He's doing a Irish. Malcolm McDowell impersonation. Absolutely. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I kind of like that. I kind of like that. That's like he scanned his mind and went, oh, villain, villain voice. All right, this is what I'm going to use. I don't, maybe I, I don't I don't know I, but I kind of liked it I did not like it because it's not all. what you would anticipate the villain being you'd probably anticipate him being <laughs> I, 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 it's like I, don't, it's I guess okay but like so uh, okay so again here we here we go I'm gonna put my writer hat on all right put your so writer Mr. hat on Mr. Gray has tapped into the world so much that he knows uh, uh, about these English accents or he depicted it up along the way or... I think he took over Jonesy and you yeah. know he can read all the files that Jonesy didn't lock away and I'm sure Jonesy's like, <laughs> what does he have a dialect file I'm sure he has like a, like his own thoughts on what a villain should sound like and I'm sure Mr. Gray knows he's the villain to this this planet he's an invading force he's not the good guy what was that Mr. Jones what did we just pass on the road there are you speaking to me? Yes, I am, Mr. Jones. Or is it Jonesy? That's what your friends call you, isn't it? Let's be friends. Why are you letting me live? I'm borrowing you. We're going to take a little journey. Beaver never hurt a soul, and you killed him. Your friend had nothing in his head. I've already found something useful in yours. Fuck you. I know what that expression means. I've studied the foul language section of your memory warehouse. Rather distasteful, I must say. I just didn't like it. it took me I, I kind of liked it, Ugh. and I really like his when he first puts on the hat and like he tries to act human. I get that. I like that snap into just like what do I? Eh, eh, like just this awkward, uncomfortable, like making a smile seem not not even sinister, just uncomfortable. Like that's not right. I just, I just, I wasn't a fan. I, I don't know why. That's fair. It's weird. It's weird. that's just the reason I I do still. Even though the movie has a lot of issues, that's one of the reasons I like it is because it's very strange. Right. What that the whole movie or the whole movie is very strange. That's just one of the strange things about it that I think is is interesting and different. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I don't like about the movie is Beaver's incessant need to grab a toothpick uh, that's on a bloody floor 
while he's sitting on a toilet. Yeah, I didn't get that. Like, if that's, I mean, obviously that's a character trait, but like, they don't really ever set that up why he needs that in his mouth. Is he because yeah. he's a smoker or something like that? I would expect like a flashback when he's a kid, he's doing it, or he's got a lollipop, or he's got some kind of oral fixation. I, I, that's the thing. I can imagine, like, if he was yeah. just quit smoking, yeah. You don't talk about that at all or mention that. Like, it's not worth your life. The toothpick is definitely not worth your life. Yeah. Um, and gross. Look, look at all that. That bloody poop nah, I would not, moss I would, stuff on the floor. Like, I would not go anywhere near the toothpick. Like, I'm sorry. I'll, I'm sure you've got more in the kitchen, Beaver. Just give it <laughs> give it five minutes. Let Jonesy come back with some tape. Yeah, it took him forever. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Um, yeah, no, yeah. That's, I wouldn't know. That's, that, that's just so he dies. That's just so he can die. Exactly. I was just like, no, come on. Yeah. I, like, I did not remember that from the, my first viewing. I was like, Ugh. I, I mean, they. I mean, when he gets also when Jonesy gets hit in the beginning, like he gets messed up. I thought he was like dead. Like I guess he it's did like, die twice. Well, I know it's true. It's true. <laughs> but uh, like, it, so I assume his hip was like completely smashed. I assume they had to do hip replacement. Yeah. Absolutely. This is probably that six months later. This is probably the first time he's been able to walk unassisted. Well, maybe that's. Oh, it seems like. Well, I guess that's a good. Good amount of time, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it was a successful surgery, but I didn't get was in his mind warehouse though yes. he's also got the limp well that's I mean you're you were mad oh that's true it's only been six months I could see maybe if he was living with that limp his whole life but I mean in my mind I would still be you know spry I mean I think it, when you whenever you dream or whenever you think about something you never like even when as you get older you think of yourself as younger so yeah no I, I can yeah. see that maybe, I don't know yeah, I don't know why he would limp that's a good that's a good point I mean that's probably just a choice and make it more tense when the monster's chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But they don't really do that that much. They show it one time. They show the monster going past when he's in, cause he's inside his office in the memory warehouse. I think, I love the memory warehouse right. a lot. Like, I, I think that's a great choice. I think a lot of movies, the uh, books explore, like, what it's like in somebody's mind. And, you know, I, I mentioned, like, the only movies I can think of, like, off the top of my head are, like, Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, where like you really maybe in like an episode of Futurama or something, <laughs> when Fry eats the bad sandwich and it turns out they're like fixing him. Do <laughs> <laughs> you don't really see like what like when you think of what's in your mind, you think of like files, databases, or people like talk about it, but you never really see it. And I thought that was interesting that you actually see, you know, the mind warehouse and how files are and how you lock things away. And I think it was a brave choice to put that in the movie because that's really more of a book kind of thing. Well, you could also screw it up easy. Exactly. Right. So I think that's maybe why they didn't do it enough mm-hmm. is maybe they were kind of worried about doing it at all and i think it actually works really well and they should have done maybe a little bit more yeah well i can see that hey, this movie's also uh uh Kazin came out and said like he this movie affected his career uh, the failure of this movie like it cost him two productions or something like that uh, i find that hard to believe just tell him you're Lawrence Kasdan. I mean, <laughs> do you know who i am <laughs> here here's my here's my work my body of work um, oh right so this is the only. It's always. Okay. It's always. It's always what have you done for me lately? It's always like that. Yeah. Everything. People always forget where you know what you did because you haven't done it in a while and you just assume that you can't. Just, it's 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 lunacy how some people don't understand. Like you know, this guy is like an accomplished writer and director and filmmaker and right. You know, you, you one movie doesn't do well. Oh, sorry. You know. It might not do well, but it's not bad. Well, I mean... It's got its issues. I, I don't know if I would say that it's good. Plus, it's an adaptation. It's not like an, an original work or something that he's doing, like an and, actual and film. Adaptations are tricky, because I think we we touched on it a little bit. You, you have to decide how much you're going to pull from the book and how much you're not going to. 
you have to decide, you know, what's best for the movie, or is it best that I don't piss off somebody who loves the books, especially nowadays, especially like we're, we're hot off the heels of everyone complaining about how they'll look us on a, the hedgehog on, um, on Twitter and then the filmmakers are like, we're going to change it. And it's just like, why? And then everyone's like, oh, I can't believe it worked. It's like, just don't do what you're doing. Don't worry about it. Listen, I will agree with you. And every, I, you, everything you said about that is absolutely true, but they needed to fix that. That, 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 that thing is not a, not Sonic the Hedgehog and B not pleasant to look well, at and C just garbage. It's Sonic the Hedgehog movie version. It oh. may not be Sonic the Hedgehog video game version. It looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> the movie looks bad. You need to at least make your Sonic look right, or no one's coming to see do, do it. Do you really think the movie was going to be a good movie? Detective Pikachu looks good. It looks uh, By the way, it. when we're recording this, it has just come out. <laughs> <laughs> so I have not seen it yet. <laughs> Don't spoil it for him. Does Pikachu win? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. He's a detective. Isn't he supposed to be solving a crime? I, this is the limit of my Pokemon knowledge. <laughs> He's a detective. He's solving a crime, but I mean, he's still fighting Pokemon. He's a Pokemon. You've lost me. I don't get it. <laughs> pika Pika. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's one of well, that's one of the things that I don't. One of the things I don't like. Not to cut you off, uh-huh. but when he, you know, Kazan comes out and says like, "Oh, this movie affected my career." Blah blah blah. I don't like it when filmmakers after they make a movie and they come out and they comment on the movie. I don't like it when I hear like. Yeah, you know, like Spielberg doesn't like the movie 1941. He hates it, and and I understand why he doesn't like it because it's just it's it's got some stuff in there that's a little questionable. Don't shake your head, but it but (laughs) it's actually still a funny movie. That's fine. It's It's not, but like you're completely disregarding, and that might be a bad example. But Tom Hanks disregarding all of his comedies. Exactly, you're disregarding stuff that made people laugh. That you know was had an effect on the the landscape of film i mean i it happened if you don't if you don't care for it that's fine but you know like i like some of these movies and some people are like oh we really didn't like doing that movie that was that was not good it's like oh it kind of uh, ruins your experience yeah, of the movie. yeah and, and i don't right. i don't like that i'm not saying that you can't have those feelings it's just like realize that you, you've put stuff out there that's that has an effect on people your words after the fact are going to have still an effect on people. Right. Like right now hearing that, I'm kind of upset. Like I, I, I kind of like Dreamcatcher. <laughs> like Dreamcatcher was probably the film where I was like, I kind of, I'd be interested in reading some Stephen King stuff now. Because my father's a huge, huge Stephen King fan and I had never been interested in anything. And this was kind of the movie that got me, this got me interested well, in some of King's stuff because it was weird. It was different. Well, this has, like we, we talked about already, this has a lot of... King elements that you can see, and and, right. you, and even if you didn't know that this was based on a Stephen King novel, if you watched this movie, you you could you would be like, this sounds, this feels like a King novel, and I think that's evident there. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also probably its downfall, but because it doesn't know when to not be a King novel. Do you, does that make sense? It does make sense. Now let me ask you this, because I haven't asked it for a few episodes. Oh, okay, would this make a better? multi-part series (laughs) on HBO. Like, I I think maybe people need to stop making film adaptations and stuff and start making maybe miniseries and stuff like that would would serve it better for the most part. Well, I would also... I think with King Books... King Books, I think I think they probably do lend themselves to more of a a format, series format, maybe a a short-form series format, like a six-episode, kind of like we talked about on Netflix, like limited series... I think his books do lend to that better 
because they're so long because there's so much in there that you can do that um so yeah i mean i would be okay. i would watch it i because I, I think you can i think they would do it a little bit better i think they'd probably do it probably a little bit scarier a little scary. You probably can more explore horror. the relationship of the the friends. Yeah. Maybe even flashback how Rick McCarthy got infected. Oh, the guy, um, the that first got, guy the they find. That guy that crapped out the eel and yeah. and stuff like that. All the yeah. all the bowel movements. And I stuff think like you'd that. have that. You'd probably. I, I tell you right now, if I'm doing this, that's how I started off. Because I would start off with these two hunters, whatever, whatever's happening in the woods, and they get attacked. I would, very the thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It would be very creepy, very scary, very the woods and snowing day. It's quiet, and I would I would definitely do that. I wouldn't. I would change the look of the monsters. I would change the look of the aliens. I don't think they. They remind me too much of like the Arrival, the Charlie Sheen movie, or like they do look a lot like the Arrival. Like rooms, just yeah. like 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 even like a little bit of Independence Day, but like those '90s style of things um, have to be translucent. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the look, so I would change that. And yeah, so no, I could yes, I would I would be fine with that. Mm. Talking about the uh, the snow and stuff like that, I did like the fact that the film Until You Meet the Military, which kind of ruins everything, they don't use a lot of music. They don't use a lot of score when they're in the outside oh, in the snow to keep the silence of like that's how it is in the that's snow. That's one of the things I enjoy about being in the woods when it's when it's snowing and even in the day there's no sound. There's nothing. It's right. just that's I I find that actually calming. Yes, yeah, but so yes, yeah, but it would be it's definitely a great backdrop for a horror thing. And it worked and that's what they they do use that in. Speaking film. of sound, I could not stand the credit sequence music that kicks on. Like out of no he's they're just like Jonesy and it's just like I'm like am I watching Blade? What you don't see is they fight to the death after that. There could be only one. There can only be one. What movie win? The dream catchers pop up. Dudditz tells them that only one dream catcher gets out of this room. You have yet to you have yet to do your Dudditz yell. I'll do it I at the you, end. I, oh come on, because <laughs> I know you. Because that I remember when I I watched this in the theater, and I'm pretty sure I watched it with my buddy, and I remember us laughing when he did that, and I'm just like, oh come on. So I say I Dudditz all the time. But my fiance actually didn't know where I Dudditz is from. Did so, she watch this? She did not watch it with me today. Okay. Um, it is her father, one of her father's favorite movies, though. Well, she should watch. Well, I mean, so, you should have made her watch it today. We'll get to it. All right. <laughs> um, but I always, when I do something correct, I usually scream, I did it! And then she laughs, and I guess she's never understood where I said it from. I thought she always had, because she was laughing. So I said it today. She's, she's like, nice. She was like, what did you do? I was like, no, I watched Dreamcast. I didn't do anything. I watched Dreamcast. She's like, oh, that's what it's from. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> I would have questioned me. Has she seen True Romance? Uh, probably not. But who knows? She saw... Uh, I bet you she has. I bet you she has seen True Romance. I don't know. She doesn't watch a lot of Quentin Tarantino. I, I can't believe she knows. Come on, man. <laughs> all right. So... I mean, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, I liked the moss. I gotta uh, say, I, I liked, red, I liked the red. the red. I liked that it was called the Ripley. I thought that was cool. Shout out to you know Alien. Yeah. But I liked the look of it when it starts taking over the cabin. Okay. And the red over the white, you like you get this color, and this color is evil because everything else is like blank white and stuff right. like that. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I thought the cabin set design was really neat. How yep. they dress it with the red moss everywhere and stuff like that. When at the end of the movie, when they when the two aliens basically congeal into one and then they explode into a red poof, mm-hmm. no one's worried about that dust getting into the water supply. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I was like, they don't really like. It doesn't really seem contained. Yeah. Did you notice that the dream catchers appear? The dream catcher shape appears I in did. the. In I the did stuff? notice that. Why? That's the thing. Again, again, this is going to all go back to the disjointed nature of it. The the 
there's stuff in there that I don't get why it's in there that it doesn't make any sense towards the movie. Like, you, I don't, I still don't like the 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 army guys. Like all that stuff. Yeah, okay. I think that goes. I I think all of that. Like, there were a lot of things that happen in this movie where I'm just like, why now? Like, and like that's the question. Like, you know, like, like Dreamcatcher, why? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yes, I think that there's a lot of things that. You know, if it's one or th- if it's om- it's almost like death of a thousand cuts by a thousand cuts. It's like it's, if it's one or- one thing or another, you're just kind of like, okay, whatever, we'll- the movie's good, we'll pass it on. But yeah. it's multiple things like that, you're just kind of like pulling you out of it. And I'm just like, oh no, why? What is this? Why are we here? What is this? What are you doing? What are his eyebrows so big? Like stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice call back to the eyebrows. <laughs> They're big. They're really <laughs> big. Okay, so final thoughts. Yes. Would you recommend this movie to someone? Oh come on, that's a that's a okay. If they if they read the book, yes. Otherwise, no. Really? Yeah. I, I I mean I know that I know the whole point of this podcast is to highlight movies that we must like, but I just and I, I shouldn't say no. Maybe yes, because I don't I never like saying like you shouldn't at least give it a try. But this is the man who thought you should watch Hudson Hawk. I just want you guys to know. First this. of all, we've not got. Oh, that's right, we have gotten Hudson. Listen, Hudson Hawk is better. Than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I get, I, I, I guess you know what? It's, maybe you I have would. your. That's fine. Maybe I would. No, because I wouldn't stay straight out. No, because there's there's movies that I would flat out say like, just, you don't need to see it. Don't bother. But there, there's enough in this movie that you you could if you, it's just long. It's too, it's not. If this movie was ninety minutes, I could be like, yeah, go ahead. It's only ninety minutes, but this is two hours and thirteen minutes, and it's just like it feels that. I got you. So, uh, yes, if they read the book, maybe if, I don't know, I thought they were into it. Like, I thought they would like it. Like, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody that doesn't like horror movies, or I wouldn't recommend it to somebody that, I only like romantic comedies. Like, it's got (laughs) to be a certain person that would be like, oh, you probably, you might like this. I was okay with it, but you might like it. So, okay, I'll rescind that. Maybe. Okay. That's not a definite, yeah, you need to see this. It's not one of those. That's fine. Like, I would recommend you see True Romance. I'm not saying it's great, but it's definitely worth it. Damn it. Now I'll never it. watch True Romance just no, because I, it you pisses will. you off. You're going to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Forgotten Cinema, so you can't put it on there. Listen, we have a running, there's a, not a running joke, but like we have a list of movies that, what did you say? Was that 60? No, uh, 67. 67 movies are on this list. I have seen every single one of these movies. I mean, that makes me old. And you have <laughs> seen what? Maybe 80% of them? I've seen about 80% yeah, of them. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, would you recommend? Well, uh, same question. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you like the novel, um, you should watch it. That's not to say that I thought it was perfect. I liked it less my second time around. Okay, there's stuff I understood more because I, I watched it like well a while ago. There's stuff I appreciated more, but there was a lot of stuff I just couldn't forgive. That you know, as a teenager watching, you forgive stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's important with any movie. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's too long. There's an entire plot about military people that you can cut out. That's it's pointless. Mm-hmm. The friendship with the friends doesn't last long enough. Mm-hmm. And it would probably be something that should be remade and, and done maybe better. But some of the dialogue's great. The look of the film is great. Um, the acting is pretty good. I really liked The Mind Warehouse. It's a very interesting idea. And as far as horror movies go, it is a, a more original idea. I mean, it's based on a novel. <laughs> the original con- we got an original concept. Exactly. That was one of the, uh, when we were at this, harkening back to what we were at this conference they were introducing one of the movies and one of the reps was like oh this is an original concept and it's like why is that a selling point they should all be originals like like i'm pretty sure everything we watched was either based on another movie or tv yeah, show in the world of, we do live in the in the world of reboots remakes and sequels prequels adaptations yeah which this is so <laughs> my bad but <laughs> i would definitely 
I would watch it. It's a, it's a different kind of film. If you like the thing, this the, is definitely uh, something that kind the of the original thing, not the not second one. The one that was just the newer one? It's all right. No, it's not if if you're telling people if you like the 1982 the thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. That's what I'm saying. Don't tell people if they like the other one. You like the other one? You like the second one? It's not great. It's, it's not great. It's stop not, right there. But you could still watch this one it's again. It's pretty much a remake of the original. Yeah. That's not great. But, so that if you liked that, you could still come back to this. Mm. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay. The, 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 remake, the remake that they didn't say was a remake, it was, it was a retelling. But they basically redid the entire the story yeah. from, the, from the original The Thing. Uh, is, I do not like that movie. That's fine. But the 1982 thing is fantastic. Absolutely. But if you like a movie like that, a story like that, this is very reminiscent of that kind of weird kind of body horror um, wintertime alien thing. And you don't see aliens as, as kind of like a psychological horror kind of object anymore. Usually if they're an alien, it's going to be a giant monster alien mm-hmm. coming to get you. So this is a little different. I, I think it's kind of cool. And uh, I would definitely give it a, ch- uh, give it a shot. It's got <laughs> Lord Kasdan directed and wrote the thing. I mean, it's... I think that's kind of cool. And while you're at it, give True Romance a shot. It's just, you know, it's a decent movie. I want everyone to find every copy of True Romance that they can find. And videotape yourselves burning every copy, courtesy of Michael Fields. That's just a shame. Do you have you're a po- missing out. Listen, we are right next to your box of posters right here. Do you have a True Romance poster in here? I don't. That was, um, no, I don't. I don't think I when that came out in ninety one ninety three. So I had just started working at the theater. I started working in ninety three at the movie theater, and I really wasn't. I mean, I wasn't getting posters that regularly. So no, I don't think I got that poster. All right, I'm it's gonna, not in there. I have to buy you one. Just burn it up, right? right? <laughs> burn it in front of me. <laughs> Maybe when it's on uh, TMC Classic when we show it or something <laughs> at the theater. <laughs> All right, so I guess we have our answer. Whether we'll watch it again. Whether you should see Tromance. Um, <laughs> now's the time on the show when we start talking about the other stuff we're doing. All right. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go. First last time. So I got a couple of books out. The, they're at Amazon.com. Uh, there's the Adam Parker Mystery Series, Adam Parker and the Radioactive Scout, and Adam Parker and the High School Bully. So you should check those out if you like uh, comedy mystery, if you loved Encyclopedia Brown. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of that in that same vein. They're not long books. I don't like to write long books. Uh, I don't like, I try not to be long-winded. Uh, so I try to get to the point. So they're more of like a summer read, I guess. And we're, summer's approaching. Yeah, or yeah, actually, yeah. no. Summer's here. For you, yeah, you so guys listen to this. We're, we're all, we, yeah. So summer's here, so go pick it up. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm just uh, doing this podcast. Go and check out stuff I've done on the website, my personal website, michaeldfield.com. Um, but yeah, it's pretty pretty uh, low-key right now. All right. And uh I have two other podcasts out right now. I've got Two Player Bros, a podcast by two brothers who play way too many video games, where you join me and my brother Alex as we talk all things video games. We have all the systems. um, We play a lot of them. We catch up on the latest news and reviews for video games. And then I've got Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise, where we crack open a local beer and we talk brews, news, and pop culture reviews as basically just learning about different craft beers, um, what's in them, how they made them different breweries and uh you just chill out with us while we drink the beer and talk about pop culture so those two podcasts are available now wherever podcasts can be found and of course if you like forgotten cinema please like rate review share this podcast subscribe subscribe tell your friends um we'd love to keep doing this we'd love to but we're stopping 
Oh, we'd love to <laughs> be able to have put more focus into it. And the more subscribers we have, the yes. more, you know, time and focus and energy and, and tools we can use to make this podcast better. By focus, you mean dollar bills. Dollar dollar bills, yo. <laughs> but first we need, um, we need you guys to help us out. And that's, that's how you do it. All you got to do is listen, like, review, subscribe, and... Yeah, and hopefully your uh, your disregard for watch True Romance has not turned people off from listening to this podcast anymore. Disregard, I heard me. They're gonna hate this movie. <laughs> hate this movie. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, Forgotten Cinema. I'm, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler, and you've been listening to Forgotten Cinema. More like Field roast me on not watching True. He Romance should have watched it. Now. It's ridiculous. He should be watching it. Boo. <laughs>